Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best value registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. We correct them not with the purpose of getting them to behave right, but with the purpose of building in them a value of responsibility for their lives, for their actions, for their sin, and to make right what they've made wrong. Welcome to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about the messy, less than perfect, but real stuff of life. My name's Jill Savage, and I'll be your host. I'm so glad you're here. As a parent, do you sometimes wonder if you're really making a difference? Does it feel like your words go in one ear and out the other? Do you feel like all you do is dole out consequences? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you're going to really appreciate today's conversation. My guests are Jim and Lynn Jackson, founders of Connected Families. I first met Jim and Lynn when they spoke at a Hearts at Home conference. They are authors, podcasters, and online course creators. I love their heart, their wisdom, and I'm thrilled to be able to bring them to you here. So welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Jim and Lynn. Oh, Jill, I'm just so excited. To yeah, see we're, you again we're delighted talk. to be with you again, yep. Jill. Oh, yes. I remember when you guys uh, really, you know, when you first were at Hearts at Home and uh, just the women were soaking in your wisdom and you were you were pouring it out. Um, you just had such a heart for them. So mm. I'm, I'm grateful. Yeah, we got scared. Nobody told us that if you put discipline in your title, everybody will come. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that first opening that email at 10 o'clock at night and not being able to sleep. Yep. Like there's going to be a thousand of, people in the room. No, it was 1500. Well, whatever. It was more than it was a bigger number than I'd ever seen. <laughs> so, oh yes. But yes. Jill, we're so grateful for the, the way God used hearts at home mm-hmm. in our ministry and, and candidly, even some of the, the critique that came uh, uh, of our yes. presentation, you know, gosh, yes. it seems like these two are pretty Midwestern and and <laughs> they got a little bit of a Minnesota twang. I think I'm watching the movie Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody really say that? Yes, people said that. But they also gave us some constructive, you know, some constructive ideas that really shaped our ministry and, and the four uh, messages that we're actually going to share today. Yes. We're honed because of some critique that we got about making our message more memorable, more sticky, that phrase. And so, um, and then we just had such a delightful time, of course, with everyone and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, what a, what a wonderful ministry that was and now has morphed to the, the, the next iteration and generation. And here we are. Yes, exactly. Well, very, very grateful. And, you know, one of the things I love to do here on the podcast is, uh, and I didn't always get to do this at, at Hearts at Home, is I love to hear the stories of how 
uh, ministries got started. Hmm. So you guys have this ministry called Connected Families. And yeah. how how did Connected Families get started? Wow. Well, it's a long story, but the short of it is Lynn and I were both professionals working with other people's kids. I, I was working with high-risk teenagers. And I was working with uh, as an occupational therapist with kids with sensory and behavioral challenges. And we both okay. kind of came to this place where we could see that the best help often that we could offer to the young people that we serve was to help their parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. you know, and particularly to help their parents get a sense of identity apart from the behavior, the label, the performance of their children. Mm-hmm. And mm. so back in the late 1990s and early 2000s, God was really stirring in both Lynn and I in our different careers to, to reposition our lives with a focus to equip parents to receive and pass on God's grace and truth. Uh, and then mm-hmm. to pass that on effectively to their children. And that's how Connected Families was born in 2002. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, you know, you, your message is, it really connects to my heart. Uh, Dr. Kathy Cook and I wrote a book called No More Perfect Kids. And No More Perfect Kids looks at when the, uh, what I call the perfection infection invades our parenting. Mm-hmm. And we have unrealistic expectations of our kids and we unfairly care, uh, compare our kids to others. Mm. And, and, one of the statements that we make in the book is that this book um, is not about correcting your kids. I'm quite sure your kids need to be corrected, but it's about connecting to the heart of your children mm-hmm. so that with connection, correction is so much for more effective. Yeah. And that's really the heart of what you guys have found as as well. That's probably why your name is Connected Families, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, that's for sure right. Um, we became Connected Families on the heels of uh, actually a, re- a research consortium called the Commission on Children at Risk back in the late 90s and early 2000s published a book a little booklet, a a research sort of piece called Hardwired to Connect. And it so resonated with us that we just realized, well, and Larry Crabb wrote a book, I think in 1995 called Connecting. And, you know, one of the big problems in the church is is that we're very transactional, uh, um, but we don't do a good job of of connective love no matter what, love without strings, messaging and relationships with one another in the church. And it's that kind of relationships that really is the source of life. It's the source of healing. It's the source of intimacy. And so let's focus on that as parents. Mm, Wow. Okay. That makes sense. Let's talk about the messages that without having a focus of connecting, what are some messages that kids hear from parents that don't help them? Yeah, uh, um, I like how you frame that question. What are the messages they hear that parents don't say? And 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 that's that's so important to consider. What are what are what is my child perceiving from me? And Joe, we found that it's helpful sometimes to do a role play to illustrate an answer to that question. So we're kind of okay. wondering if we could could make up a role play right here, um, and and okay. you know pick who's going to be what. Uh, are you willing to play a, a child in this role play? I'll do my very best. <laughs> uh, and, and and so um, 
what kind of a scenario, you know, your listening audience the best. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, what kind of scenario might they be uh, just a typical discipline scenario that, you know, it's kind of somewhat relatable, but maybe a little unique with the nuance from the Savage home, perhaps back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, <laughs> uh, you know, how about a little sibling rivalry, you oh, know, sibling rivalry. Uh, so you know, funny. like he said, she said, or something along that line. Oh, okay. So um, let's have you play sibling. Do you want to be the older or the younger sibling? Oh, I'm best at the older. <laughs> okay, Jill is going to be the older sibling. Lynn, I want you to be the younger sibling. I, uh-huh. I like to put Lynn in this role because Lynn is so you know precise and studied and organized and stayed. But when you put her in these roles, it's a different. It's a different animal. So we're going to see what happens here. So, uh, how old are you? Uh, maybe I'm twelve. So, how 12 about twelve? Ten year old. What do you? What do you? Can, what are you two fighting about that I, as the parent, want to get involved in? Um. My 10-year-old sister has been in my room again, and this is a problem. Oh, okay. And and, and uh, she's messed with my makeup. Yeah. Oh, my she's, goodness. This is and, terrible. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so selfish with that makeup, uh, Jill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play dad. I'm going to try to put on a strong feminine role so that there's <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe a little Good relatability on all dispute. sides of the middle of the makeup dispute. So, um uh, you two uh, just start and and I'm over here on my smartphone and I'm looking at the master's results or the golf, latest golf tournament, whatever. And uh, I hear you. So I'm going to hear you and then I'll engage. Okay. Well, uh, Lynn, I have told you that you are not to come in my room and get into my makeup. Oh, Julie, you're so selfish. I'm just putting a little bit on. It's not like I'm smearing it all over the Girls, place. God, are you're you so selfish again? all the Girls, time. Girls, if you don't stop, Lynn, don't do this. Don't do that. Girls. All I ask is that you would just ask before you would get into it. But you well, always if- just come in and get it and you don't ask. And that's because every time I ask, you go, no, Lynn, you can't get into my makeup. It's my makeup. You're too young. And I get tired of that. So I just use a little bit. And it's such a big deal. Are you still fighting? She's just bugging me. I'm just using a little bit of her makeup. All right. And I have asked her dad over and over again to stop. Jill, just settle down here for a minute, hon. You're the oldest. And I expect you to be setting an example here of, of, mm. of respectfulness uh-huh. to your little. Uh-huh. Don't you roll your eyes at me like that, young lady. You know that is not okay. Do you want us to take your makeup away? No. Lynn, you settle down and be quiet too. In <sighs> okay. fact, Lynn, you go to your room right now. No. This is just, but Lynn, don't you talk back to me. This is going to, doesn't have to get worse. It's going to get worse. You go to your room Mm. and don't come out until you can say you're sorry for going into Jill's things. Jill, you go to your room and don't come out until you can say you're sorry. And if I hear you two fighting again about this, then you're going to lose your makeup. And Lynn, you're going to lose something too. I just don't know what it is yet. Maybe your computer time for the week. No. Don't back talk to me. This is so unfair. (sighs) What am I going to do with you girls? Okay, role play over. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be too. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Jill really was an older sister. I she, she kind of has the rule I following, was. get it right sort of oldest child. So, so here's the question we ask parents at times like this cuz parents will say, "Well, of course I sent them to their room and of course I did that and of course I did this." Pa- parents for the most part, I mean, you know, our hearts aren't perfect and pure in this either, but for the most part, we want what's best for our kids. We have good intentions and yes. we engage by telling them to stop, send them to your room, threatening some consequences. That's what we do, right? 
Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then, uh, and Lynn and I have had hundreds of conversations with parents over the years, uh, with parents who justify doing what they do in the name of having their kids behave properly and in the name of having their kids learn the proper lessons. Yes. <clears throat> well, what we've come to understand is that kids are learning some things from us. Um, and that, in fact, kids are looking to us as their parents to help them figure out even far more about how to behave properly. They're looking to us to help them figure out who they are. What's their identity? Yes. And so here's the question I want to ask about that role play. And, and um, you know, you'll have to represent your listeners for a minute, but we would love to open the question and say, when I did that parenting, out of those good intentions, I was communicating a set of messages to Jill and to Lynn that begin with the words, Jill, Lynn, right now in this moment, you are blank. So you were in the shoes of the child, each of you in that role play. If you're that child, what are the messages you're getting from me that begin with the words, child, you are blank? Hmm. Um, Maybe stubborn. You are stubborn. Jill, you're so stubborn. Lynn, Mm -hmm. you are unimportant. You are unimportant. What is it that I did that communicated to you that you are unimportant? You just dealt with Jill and just tried to shoo me away. Okay. Now, it'd be easy for me in the parent's mindset to say, well, that's not what I was trying to do. You're wrong, honey. But that's Mm -hmm. what Lynn perceived. So she got the message from me, you are unimportant. What other you are messages Mm -hmm. do kids get? Parents have good intentions. We come in, we do what we do. What are the you are messages? I would say not heard. You are not heard, which might be another way of saying you aren't worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are a problem. You are a problem. You're invalidated. You're 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 annoying. You're a pain. What? You're you're interrupting me. Mm-hmm. Right. And if, if we say, you know, get the message to our kids that you're really annoying, it's like then it's also a message of you're really in control of my emotions right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, which is a, that's a that's kind of a heavy weight actually for kids yeah, to bear. Is. You yeah, are responsible pretty- for me, the parents' emotional well being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, we do this, we do this exercise w- when we get a chance to be with groups and, you know, a lot of people that are just wide eyed. They're like, well, that's not what I want to do. And, and even some recognition, that's what I've been doing. And I hate that. I don't want to do those messages. So then we ask the question, okay, if you believed that when your kids are acting up, you had maybe one of your most powerful opportunities to communicate you are messages that are consistent with God's grace, God's truth, for each child, for all people, for all time, what are the messages you would want to fill in that blank? What is, let's put some intentionality around the messaging you want your kids to get from you, even at times like this. Child, you are what? And let's fill in that blank. Yeah. You're important. Yeah. You're important. Mm -hmm. Uh, Designed. Yes. You're loved. Uh, Designed by God, created by God. Created by Mm -hmm. God, built by God to do good things. Yeah, when we do this with groups, the list actually is long. You're loved, you're you're, um, cared about, you're you're an heir, you're redeemed, you're unique, unique, you're wonderfully made, you're, uh, and and we don't want to miss this one, you're a sinner. (laughs) <laughs> you are too, Dad. Yes. <laughs> but how do we how do we communicate that to our kids in moments like this in a way that they can receive it? It's not by pointing our fingers and saying, You're Jill, Lynn, right now you're sinning again. Oh, right. thank you, Dad. I feel convicted. I want to repent. Not so much. <laughs> no. Right? But but maybe you are under grace. 
and then how do we work this out? And so, you know, early on in our ministry, as Lynn and I started working with more and more parents, uh, uh, e- even when we weren't yet had hadn't yet started connected families, you know, we realized that um, <clears throat> parents were kind of overwhelmed by this way of thinking. Like, well, I can never do it right. I'm always going to blow it. I always act in ways and communicate messages to my kids that I don't want to communicate. So we went to work to try to sort of n- n- narrow it for parents and just make it simpler to remember, simpler to act on. And that's yes. where we came up with this little tool we call the Connected Families Framework. Okay. I want to know about it. (laughs) Well, it has four actions that we do as parents that really result in us communicating four messages to our kids. And the bottom action, the, the foundation of it all is a foundation, which is what's going on in me as a parent. What am I believing about myself and my child? And if I have a belief like, this kid should always obey me right away. And if they're, it's, if they aren't, it's not okay. And it needs to be punished. Um, they need to be punished. Then I'm going to communicate messages that, you know, you're a problem. You're not capable. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I have, if I sort through my beliefs and I'm careful about what I'm thinking and I'm self-aware, I can begin to communicate a message of you are safe with me. I'm mm. owning my own stuff. I'm calming myself down first and I'm going to humbly come Mm -hmm. to you authentically and we'll work this out together. And it's not, it's not a measure of safety or a level of safety that just lets kids off the hook for stuff and doesn't hold kids accountable. It's a, it's, it's safety that communicates really this message. I'm safe because I'm for you, not Mm -hmm. against you. Yes. Um, And, and then we grow out of this place, this foundation of self-awareness and of grace um, and the message you are safe with me to connect with our kids. There's where connection comes in. It's really the first part of our relationship with our kids. We connect with them uh, by communicating this message, your love, no matter what, through the thick and thin of everything in life. Not just when our, you know, it's it's very natural and normal to communicate. I love you when our kids are either, you know, just sitting around doing nothing or, or when they're yeah. acting the way we want them to act. Right. Like, right. Oh, I'm so proud. You, you go on, you go on the social media channels. It's like, I'm so proud of this kid. And they're wearing the ribbon or the trophy or the got their grades from school that are, you know, pretty decent. And I, I'm so proud. I love this child. Um, there's a subtle, there's a subtle message in there that, that is you are loved when you perform. Form. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking that. Yes. Yeah. In fact, that's how we end up getting what I call infected with the perfection infection mm-hmm. when yep. we were children. Mm-hmm. is that my performance earns me yep. love and I, and I mean there's no parent that would say that I wanted to send that uh, message but right. unfortunately sometimes when we don't when there's not a balance in mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. it it often happens yep. Right. And that's why a key thought that we share about this message is that uh, misbehavior is the golden opportunity for true unconditional Mm -hmm. love. And Mm. I just had a coaching client the other day said, I am so intent when my child misbehaves, my number one priority is to make sure they know they are loved. And it's really changing everything. It's a whole different goal. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's that thing that you said earlier, Jill, about connection in correction. Let's yes. make sure that when our kids have misbehaved and require some attention for that, that yeah. we don't miss this message. You are loved no matter what. 
So this bottom yes. part of the framework, the two actions, I build a strong foundation, I connect, I communicate these two messages, you're safe and you're loved. We call this the nest of grace for our relationships with our kids. And it's such an essential starting place for us to, to then build into our kids a sense of accountability, accountability for who God built them to be, um, accountability for their sin and to repent of it. Um, mm -hmm. But again, the actions of the parents are, are, are two more actions. We coach our kids. We become a coach. We, we set them up to succeed and learn and grow in areas of strength. Um, <clears throat> we communicate the message to them when we do that, that you're capable. You're capable to do the work that God built you to do. You're, yes. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the reason that you're fearfully and wonderfully made is so that you will be a blessing to people in a way that attracts them to Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and so we become a coach. Uh, and then on top of that, of course, our kids are going to act up. They're going to still require uh, correction. Uh, but when, when the action of the parent is to correct, which is the fourth principle, we correct our kids, but we correct them not with the purpose of getting them to behave right, but with mm -hmm. the purpose of building in them a value of responsibility for their lives, for their actions, for their sin, and to make right what they've made wrong. It's really a, an underpinning of restoration, of reconciliation that we believe is at the heart of even what Paul writes to the Galatian church in one. You know, you who, just a little bit earlier, walk by the means of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, kindness. I'm repeating myself, <laughs> self-control. <laughs> There's nine a things, lot of fruit in there. Nine good, those nine good virtues <laughs> well, you know, are the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> those of you who, who live that way, when someone is caught in a sin, and I think that someone can include our kids, Go to them and restore them gently. gently. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the goal is restoration. The go it doesn't say go to them and force them to do it right. Or punish them or severely. Or punish them severely so that they'll do it right. It's go to them and restore them. The heartbeat of corrective effort ought to be this idea, child, you're responsible to make right what you've made wrong. So I'm just going to fly through that really quick because we've got auditory listeners happening here without yep. seeing it. So from a growing foundation of receiving God's grace and truth for me, I can communicate a message. You are safe with me to my yes. child as okay. I connect well um, in all different parts of life. I communicate a message. You are loved no matter what. As I coach my child and build values and skills, I communicate a message. You are called and capable. And when I correct them, um, I in in uh, in love. Uh, I communicate a message. You are responsible to make right what you've made wrong, mm -hmm. and that mm. simple framework is just a guiding. It's it's a guiding framework for fifty thousand people around the world now. Yeah, more than that. Yeah. So um, you are responsible to make right. What does that look like in real life? Well, let's do the role play again and see it, uh, how how it might look. <laughs> Um, okay. obviously I haven't thought about this, but, uh, <laughs> we've never done a skit like this on this topic before <laughs> makeup, <laughs> Jill and Lynn fighting over makeup. This is going to be a blog post, I think somewhere. Um, <laughs> so, so we're going to rewind and we're going to do the same thing. And, uh, and we're not just going to dwell on the, the corrective action of the parent and the make it right stuff. We're going to invite listeners to listen for all four of those messages. You're safe. Okay. You're loved, you're capable, called, 
uh, and you're responsible to make right what you've made wrong. So go ahead and start. We're going to start in the same place. I'm still off in the distance somewhere. I hear you fight. I'll probably start by engaging the same way I did, but then I'm going to catch myself and and we'll we'll you you two didn't go to any seminar or hear this teaching, so you just do what kids do. And, <laughs> and I've heard some stuff now as the parent. And I'm going to try to apply it. Gotcha. Okay. All right, Lynn. I have told you to please <sighs> not. Touch here, my makeup. Here we go again. Little Miss Stingy, who doesn't let me even just use a tiny bit of her Lynn, makeup. I heard the All language you, you used. Uh, All I have well, to, she is stingy. Ooh. She won't All share anything. All I ask anything. you to do is ask. I'm bowing my head and I'm praying. So you can say <laughs> Lord, no again. Lord, give me again. your wisdom for engaging with my girls. Girls, girls, girls. Come what? here, hon. Lynn, come here on my left shoulder. Jill, what? come here on my right shoulder. I love you girls what? so much. You can get so feisty sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Lynn, can what? I ask you a question just quick? What? Whose room are we in? Jill's. Yeah. I don't get to have any makeup in my room. Well. Because I'm too little. Uh, you know what? You, um. That may or may not be true. We could talk about about whether uh, and get your mom involved in the conversation about whether it might be time. But that's not what this is about right now, honey. What? What is your idea about what this is about, Jill? I know you're upset, hon. Settle. Take yeah. a breath with me. Take a breath with I me. I know, but this it, it happens all the time. I know what happens, and that's why. I, that's why you know what I have come into this and 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 tried to help in ways that weren't helpful. So I'd like to do a better job. Would you two help me do a better job right now? How, okay. how could I, what could I do to be more helpful when this kind of thing happens? You got any ideas about that, Jill? You could listen <laughs> because it feels like she's in here all the time. Mm -hmm. So hold on. I, I want to demonstrate to Jill that I'm listening to her. And then I want to demonstrate that for you too, Lynn. Jill, I hear you saying that I haven't listened very well. Uh, and I think I hear you saying that you get kind of upset about how often Lynn comes into your room. Is that, mm -hmm. did I hear that right? Yes. And Lynn, what did you hear Jill say? <sighs> that she's mad that I come in her room because mm -hmm. she wants her room all to herself. Yeah. Okay. So did she hear you about right, Jill? Yes, that's so right. So you, you two reach across here in front of me and just give each other some quick knuckles. I feel like you just listen to each other. Well, kind of. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. And that's how it has to start. Do you want to listen to each other more? Or do you want to each take a break here for a little bit before you come back to solve this? No, well, I, I can, can solve it now. You can solve it now? Mm -hmm. All right. And you both have ideas about that. Uh, Jill, What's what, I'm going to give you just a really short time. What's your idea about how to solve this? I think she needs to ask before she comes into my room mm -hmm. and gets into the makeup. Okay. Did you hear that, Lynn? Mm -hmm. What do you think of that idea? I think that I tried that, and she never said mm. yes. And how did that feel? That felt sad. It's like so, I'm not welcome in her mm. special spot. Okay. Jill, what do you hear her saying? Um, that she's not, that she didn't feel welcome, mm -hmm. and that I said no. Is that what you want? No, I don't want her to feel not welcome, but... I I have said no a lot. Mm. Do you want to do something different in a different way? Um, I I mean, I'm okay with it as long as she doesn't like, she needs to ask, but then she needs to take care of it too. Okay. Um, okay. 
So oh, I'm going to stop the role play here because this could go on for quite a while, <laughs> couldn't it? I mean, and, and yeah. it likely would. And, and, you know, and I recognize, you know, this could go any of a thousand different directions. Um, you two were kind of playing it a little bit, you know, so you, you entered this with some level of respect for each other, which isn't always the case, I recognize. But the question isn't what did Jim say and how can I get my girls to respond that way if this was me? The question is, what did Jim do to communicate the four messages? So again, I invite the two of you who experienced this through the lens of a child. What did I do to feel safe to you in that role play? Yeah, well, you definitely listened. There was and, listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when I went, because I, I threw you some sassy curveballs and... um you just you just sort of caught them and slowly tossed them back to me and said, "Well, what do you think about this?" And so I stayed calm. Yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know if, in the context of a of a of an audio, you could catch that I kind of I, I just tried to verbalize that I'm saying a prayer here before I even get started. Lord, give me your wisdom for this, yes. so that I entered this as a parent with with my heart inclined toward helping my children instead of um, forcing them into some agenda that they might not have. Yeah. What did I do to you communicate? Know- oh, go ahead. No, one of the things that really struck me is how much time that took. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times as parents, we just want to shut it down. Mm. We we don't want, <clears throat> honestly, parenting is incredibly inefficient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, especially if you're working these sorts of ideas in, in a new way and it's fresh and it's unfamiliar to you and to the kids. But the parent's job is really to begin to work themselves out of a job. And Mm -hmm. so this is like investment on the front end because you Mm. run kids through this kind (laughs) of solution, you know, a few times. And then you can go, do you remember that day? Just a couple days ago about the makeup. We ended up talking that through and you guys came up with a really good plan. Mm -hmm. Do you think if you took a break, you might be able to do something like that again? And you mm-hmm. reference that success yep. and then you're beginning to work yourself yep. out of a job. Yeah. And at some point, and we, we teach parents, we, we actually have a course, Jill, uh, about sibling relationships and walking through a process we call the peace process of calming down, understanding each other, problem solving and celebrating is kind of the, the, mm-hmm. the four rocks across away mm-hmm. from crazy mountain to the meadow of <laughs> reconciliation. <laughs> it's so lovely, corny. <laughs> but, but um, you know, we have parents who go through that course and they're, they, they learn to get to a place where when, when especially 12 and 10 year olds engage like that, the parental intervention is something like, Hey girls, it sounds like you're, you're starting to lose control of this a little bit. Do you want some help or can you work it out yourselves? And the girls will say, oh, we got it. Thanks. And then they work it out more respectfully, just with that little reminder, because over time, these things do become more familiar. But we have to lead the way across this stream, if you will. Yes. And take the steps first. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Down, understand, solve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So So and and then there's those messages, the message you're loved. Again, and yes. we could we could we could beat this for a long time because there's a lot in there. But just quickly, what were some things that I did as a parent in that role to communicate to you two, you're loved, no matter how you've acted here. Yeah, you were very accepting. You weren't you weren't putting us down. You weren't mm-hmm. even putting us in a place. You were almost being understanding mm-hmm. at the frustration, which yeah. which spoke love. Yeah, yeah. And empathy is a huge communicator of love, no matter what. I get I get what it's like to be you. Yes. And what did I do to communicate you're capable? 
Uh, you ask questions. questions. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was just thinking. I know. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you know about this? How do you think you could do this differently? Which is really also an invitation to making things right, which was your core question, Jill. But, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, I wanted to get out of the seat of deciding how this is going to go and put yes. you in the seat of capability to make some decisions about how this is going to go. And we do that with questions. But I want to say, too, that those questions, that coached you know, tool of questions, really does still rest on the foundation of safety and love. Because you can ask questions in sibling conflict that sound like, Jill, do you know how your sister feels when you always say no to her? What were you thinking when you did that? <laughs> yeah, Lynn, yes. why were you in there again? What did you, know, you expect like, to happen? Those are not helpful questions. That's not the if kind of questions lose, we're looking for. If you lose the safety and love, questions yeah. can become quite a weapon. Yep. Right. Wow. That is so true. That is so true. You know what I'm, this is, I'm I'm connecting a lot of dots in my head here. Um, I'm connecting my my uh, experience as an empty nest mother and having now adult children. Mm. <laughs> if we came in and always solved the problems, then we may have adult children who have trouble solving their own problems. Yep, you got absolutely. Because the message is, you aren't capable of solving problems. I have to do it for you. Yes. And I would say every parent would be like, I don't want to send that message, but without realizing it in some dynamics, we might have. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is, that yeah. is, um, I, you know, that I'm just kind of connecting the dots here yeah. on that. Well, and Jill, we have, we have folks, you know, we, we, um, back in the day when we circulated a lot and traveled the country giving workshops, you know, pretty much everywhere (laughs) we went after the workshop, inevitably some pastor or some even leader would come up and say, you know, these messages, these aren't just for parenting, are they? (laughs) Mm -hmm. These messages are even core messages for the ethos we want to build in our church. In fact, even as we speak, I've got a, a church planter in Australia saying, can we have a conversation about how to how to be intentional about this way of thinking as I launch a church and create an atmosphere of of unconditional love and of safety and of calling people to their capability and of problem solving in a way that seeks to make things right rather than point accusing fingers. And then um, yes. we, we wrote a piece on our blog a couple of years ago uh, when my father passed away about how I was in a position where I started thinking about how, my dad needs to know these messages. He thinks that I think that he's a screw up or that he didn't do it right. And I want to be a person of grace with my own father. And so how do the, how can I be wow. okay if he criticizes something that I've done or said? How can I love on him anyway? How can I call out capability, even though the way he did things or does things isn't how I would want him to? Uh, mm-hmm. And how can I invite him to to you know, instead of just standing in judgment over things all the time, move toward reconciliation and making things like in relationship with my parents. You, you talk about grown kids. Um, yeah, there's a guy named Lowell one time who came to the workshop to support oh, his right. younger brother who was adopting children. And Lowell came just because he wanted to see what kind of parenting this was that my younger brother's going to do and how I could support him in it. He came up afterwards and he says, oh my gosh, I got four grown kids. 
I want 10 books. I got a bunch of friends just like me who, who have lost relationship with their children because of how mm-hmm. condescending we are without even knowing it because of how yes. we think we know best. And the kids, we, you know, mm-hmm. the message our kids get from us is that they don't know best and that we know yes. better than they do. And they're 30 years old. And that's not the message I want my kids to get. Yes, you're exactly right. Yes. And that's what I find as I encourage uh, empty nest parents is, you know, is we're still sending messages. Mm -hmm. We're sending messages with our comments, uh, with the way that we ask Mm -hmm. questions. And uh, one of the things I talk about in empty nest full life is pray, don't say. Mm-hmm. especially when your kids are adults, yeah, you good, take that, take good. that to the Lord because you are, you no longer have a voice in their right. life unless they ask you if they ask right. you by all means. Right um, but boy, there's a lot of us when we don't understand that we're still sending messages. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's why we encourage parents, especially as they're moving into the teenage years, Boy, focus on those bottom three layers uh, of building, you know, solid relationship and wisdom building questions. We actually have a whole online course just about questions because we feel like it's so important. Um, But as we strengthen our relationship with our kids over the years with a focus on connecting and just mentoring wisdom, then when they go off, they're f- often fairly eager to come back and occasionally say, hey, I really need some mm-hmm. input on this. Um, <clears throat> and we've had our kids do this. And if we start to give them advice, they've said, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I didn't want your opinion. I want you to use those really good questions that you use sometimes. So ask me some good questions. <laughs> oh, yep. that's funny. <laughs> yeah. So we get hired on as a consultant because we have a history of yep. <clears throat> suspending our judgments and our opinions and asking them questions that help them think through a situation. Oh, that's good. Can you give an example of a couple of questions like that? If somebody was trying to make a decision about something or trying to sort through something, can you just give an example of a, maybe a a good question? So some time ago, our oldest son came to us with some relationship questions. And by this point Mm -hmm. in his life, he he uh, had um, not entirely the same set of values about relationships that I did. Yes, <laughs> uh, and that so, happens. <laughs> so so he asked me about. He said, "Dad, can I'd like to talk to you a little bit about about you know some relationship stuff?" And mm-hmm. I said, "You know, my my issue is well, what's going on, and what can I tell you so that you could make it right?" Like that's that was sort of the mindset. That's what I we want to go. That's our default, yeah. isn't well, it? And the you truth should is, make the decision. The, I think you should. The truth is, in this conversation, I kind of already knew what the question was, and I said, "Well, Daniel, what I think is is that you should." And as soon as I said, "You should," he's like, "Dad, Dad, no, 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 no." I didn't ask mm-hmm. you to tell me what to do. I want you to coach me. <laughs> mm. Oh yeah. Okay. So so um. What what are some things you've done in this context so far that you've felt good about? And what are some things that you've done that have troubled you? And what are some ideas you've had about what you would do different and how that might go for you? And uh, which of the things have you done that feel most satisfying to you? Oh, um, good questions. You know, those, yes. those sorts of questions then, and I don't remember the specifics, were the kind of questions that guided him into um, making a decision that was his own decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and feeling grateful for the input that I gave. 
Um, yes. What enabled me to do that, and I literally have had this phrase in my head now for years, which is as our kids get older, uh, it's far more effective for me to operate in the nest of grace in my relationship with my kids than in the mm-hmm. zone of accountability. <laughs> mm. Yes. Um, because they're accountable to God for their own lives now. You know, there's, and I don't know how that works spiritually exactly where does jurisdiction end and begin, but mm-hmm. I think once our kids are married, they're on their own between them and God. They're not my deal anymore, right? Like it's they're they're responsible yes. for them, and I'm responsible for me. And the me that I want to be responsible for is to bring the nest of God's grace and love to my kids, so that if they get in a tough spot, they feel safe to come back and ask for advice or ask for help getting through this. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's a yep. beautiful gift. And honestly, they're going to be more likely to do that as adults. If they have felt safe and loved as children. And so, you know, you're going to, it's just going to have a higher uh, possibility of yep, them to want to do that. That's it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I coach so many parents that um, say, yeah, I, I can't ask my parents for advice on anything because they just make me feel like a child again. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, yeah. And you know what I've learned, though? It is never too late. Never. It's mm. never too late to let's say that you, we have an empty nest parent that is listening to this and they're going, oh, I wish that it had. You know what? You can change it now. Mm-hmm. You, you can change it now. If if your own parents, if, if they're still around and they changed it now, it would change the dynamics of your relationship with them. No, for sure. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. Never too late to never make things late. right. Never too late to learn something new. Yeah. yeah. So well, never, never too late to figure out what does it mean to be in that place of grace for the people around me, whether they're my grown kids, whether they're my parents, whether they're my neighbors, whether they're my coworkers, whether yes. they're the person whose opinion about geopolitical issues and events are different than mine. Yes. Uh, yeah. Know, all the things. How, mm-hmm. how can I be safe? How can I love unconditionally? How can I believe that God built that person to do good works and how can I breathe some life into that with my encouragement? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yep. yes. So good guys. Yep. So good. Oh, this has been rich and um, so helpful. Well, you're, a- and- you're acting as if our time is up already. We just got started. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> this is a bunch it of fun. Is, it but is, it's so fun. So what, I know. What is the best way for people to be able to get in touch with you guys? Uh, you you guys have a plethora of courses and online resources. W- where's the best place? Just go to connectedfamilies.org and you'll see all sorts of resources to help you. Yep. Connectedfamilies.org. Connectedfamilies.org. Workshops, coaching, yep. online courses, books, blog posts, yes, groups, and you name it. And when the world opens back up, we are going to get back in that speaking realm, aren't we? That's what we hope. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We are so, I'm missing it so much. I'm starting to get some invitations and I'm ready for that again. Little by oh, little. Nice. Yeah. I know. I know. Would you um, be willing, uh, Jim, to close us in prayer and to pray specifically for um, the parents that are listening? I would love um, to. Yeah. Okay. Lord, we are so glad that... Um, there is no way that we can gather that you're not present in it with us. And, um, and so we're glad that you are with 
us in this today. And Mm -hmm. wherever people are listening from, God, you are for them. You are with them. You are loving. You're a a father of grace. You're a a parent who um, is is for us. Um, And if you're for us, who can be against us? And so Mm -hmm. we're, we're so grateful, Lord, for the love of Jesus that gives us life and identifies us. Um, that we are first and foremost your beloved children, mm-hmm. and you have placed in us your spirit, whereby we can live graceful, yes. truthful, joyful, patient lives of caring for the people around us, especially mm-hmm. our children, Lord. Yes. Um, and so I ask God that you would um, raise up our children to be lights of your grace and truth because of the seeds planted here today, because of the encouragement that parents get from all of the places they get it. And that Mm -hmm. the moms and the dads listening to this today would know that in your arms, they are safe and loved and called and capable to be the parent, to be the child of God you prepared them to be. And they're accountable Mm -hmm. to you and, um, and you are for them. So Lord, thanks for this gift of, of time. Thank you for the gift of, Jill's ministry, the ministry you've given us, and we give it all to you and trust Mm -hmm. you to glorify yourself in and through us in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss any future conversations. We also want you to know that we have three free eBooks for you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. You can also find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over at jillsavage.org slash podcast. See you next week for another not perfect, but very important conversation about the real stuff of life.